You're listening to the Tour Station Western League podcast with Ian Knockholz and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 14 of the Tool Station Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to welcome onto the line, it is the editor of the Tool Station Western League Bulletin, Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yes, no, it's always, always good to speak to you. How are you? I'm not doing too bad. And yourself? Yeah, I'm very well. I had an absolutely outstanding weekend. Our latest bucket collection for um, Somerset Mind was at Sherbourne Town. They played Ashton and Batwell. That's one of the games we're going to be talking about on this week's podcast because it was um, quite incredible. A game that you couldn't take your eyes off for a minute, and I'm sure you'll tell us all why when we get to that. Um, but um, uh, the hospitality at Sherbourne was fantastic. Uh, listeners won't be particularly interested in me having a nice day out. But um, the generosity was immeasurable. And the you know the effort that the club went to to embrace what we're doing with mind as part of our sort of mental health awareness campaign not just for i mean it's it started off as the players as we know because of the posters we're putting in the changing rooms with the information about support services for young people and of course that's not just for people who've got a mental health concern it's for it's for their friends it's for people who need to think about um their friends who might be you know struggling with issues and how they can help them but actually when we're doing the bucket collections when you know the social media uh, interactions that people will have seen i'm sure and the information that we've been putting in match day programs and leaving at clubs is obviously designed for everybody at the club the coaches um the supporters you know the volunteers everybody at the club and we got such a wonderful reception. It was a it was a campaign that clearly resonated at Sherbourne, as it has done. I have to say, at every club I've been to over the last two seasons across the Tool Station um, Western League. So it was a very special day, a very inspirational day. And um, you know, I'm incredibly I'm incredibly proud of what we're doing, and I'm also incredibly proud of how Sherbourne reacted to that. So it's a it's a wonderful thing. We'll be talking about them, of course, on the pitch. Later, we will also be talking about Saltash United. We've got a, an interview with their manager, Danny Lewis. We, we I do love talking to a new manager, as you know, Tom. Um, so it's great to get another new manager onto the podcast and also a manager that we're f- uh, familiar with from last season, Jason Maggs um, from Odd Down. Now, of course, Odd Down played their own blinder. Um, when it came to our campaign to support Bath Mind, which is where our Mind initiative started um, last season, they were absolutely fantastic. And, um, well, they had an absolutely fantastic win this weekend. And I know we'll be talking about that and, and then we'll be listening to um, to what Jason has to say. Um, so that's all fantastic, Tom. We will be talking about the fixtures on Saturday, the 29th of October. I have to say that we are recording this. On Halloween, listeners, yes, the 31st of October. We don't normally go date-specific, but we will do this evening, um, just because if it's more of a horror show than usual, then you'll know why. Um, We're going to kick things off uh, with Barnstable Town. They had their own horror show at home to Mausel. They did a little bit, yeah. Um, Mausel, yeah, pretty rampant winners uh, on Saturday. 6-2, entertaining entertaining fixture. Uh, And it wasn't, yeah, I mean, there was a little bit of jeopardy in there. Uh, Hayden Turner scoring two pretty early goals uh, for the away side to put them uh, put them in command. But he was then um, sent off uh, towards the end of the, the first half, joining an opponent in 
uh, in being having an early dismissal. I don't think it was the same incident, but um, so yeah, that was ten apiece, uh, and that was towards the end of the first half. And uh, Barnsley actually, yeah, did pretty well after that. Uh, Tors won, uh, reducing the arrears, uh, made it two one at the time. Um, as well still just just ahead, and then they did, yeah, did did in fact push on after that. Uh, Taylor and Mitchell restoring their two goal advantage. Uh, and then it was Mark Goldsworthy right at the start of the second half uh, scored scored a really quick fire brace. You must um, must have to double check that I wasn't seeing the same tweet twice, but yeah, he did score score twice in in quick succession, I'll say. Uh, and then it was Andy Watkins, uh, former Bath City forward, uh, adding the finishing touches in stoppage time. So yeah, real real good away win for for Mousel. Now we move on to Saltash United, and this a much closer affair with Somerset Side Street. Yeah, absolutely, real real dramatic. Uh, contest this one they, they, they left it late before confirming the three points obviously they yeah yeah desperate desperately in need of points at the moment uh, if they're going to maintain their their title challenge and uh, yeah that was uh, eventually how it played out a 3-2 win uh, for the Ashes over street um, started the game uh, pretty well uh, Fletcher Williams putting them ahead uh, but then uh, midway through the second half they were they were yeah they were 2-1 down uh, street doing really well to come back into it uh, Harry Foster having another fantastic season in front of goal. Uh, he struck twice for the Cobblers, put them ahead. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was uh, well, it was then Saltash's turn to to attempt to fight back of their own, uh, and they did just that. Uh, Sam Hughes uh, scoring uh, to make it two apiece, uh, and then the same man again in the 88th minute. So a real, uh, real late winner for them in this one, uh, and that that winner, uh, incredibly. I, I mean, this is close to unfathomable that was his 300th goal uh, for wow. Saltash so uh, yeah fantastic uh, achievement for him of course and uh, yeah real another another real um, real decent result for, for, for Saltash at home street but uh, yeah great contest absolutely right and the perfect opportunity for me to speak for the first time to Danny Lewis the manager of Saltash United of course um, and we spoke to Dane Bunny twice last season uh, Danny uh, has uh, Danny's been managing the side uh, this season and um, reflecting on that 3-2 win over Street, I asked him if the game was as close as the scoreline suggests. Yes, it was, Ian. It was 100%, 100% it was like that. I looked at our team, um, I thought Street were excellent. Um, first half, I thought... We, we certainly edged it first half, but after half half time, you could just sense um, it was coming and Street uh, went 2-1 up. And I'll be, I'll be honest, I looked at a few of our lads and we didn't create anything at, at all up until the last 20 minutes of the, of the second half. And when I, I looked at our team, when the, when the second one went in, we were certainly flat. And somehow... Uh, when it went to 2-1, there was 20 minutes left and we managed to spin it a little bit. Uh, we went a little bit quicker into our front men. And yeah, we only really in that, in that last bit had two or three, two or three chances and we took them. Uh, you, well, ironically, you played uh, street at the beginning of the month, didn't you? Um, and that was, a, and that was another close game as well. For me, it shows the strength, strength of our league. It's a fantastic league. Um, we have, we, we have played street twice and we've scored late, to win the game twice and it's testament to the quality of of every single of every single team um you have to turn up in every game and if you don't then you know there's the there's every chance of you coming unstuck well you you've been turning up 
uh, certainly in the last six games, because you've um, <laughs> you're six games unbeaten. In fact, the last time you uh, you lost um, was at the league leaders Bridgewater. I was at that game actually, and um, yeah. but they looked like they were they were sort of well I, I hesitate to say running away with it but I mean if you look at the league table now you've reeled them right back in um, I agree and yeah we have but like we said there's like like what I said in the last question every game's every game's tough I, I don't think you can look at you know the next two or three fixtures and say we should be winning this and winning that or this team's going to win here this team is going to lose there every game's hard and uh, you know um, as much as we have certainly in the last six, seven games caught up, there's no, there's, there isn't any any person within Saltash who's looking at it going, oh, you know, we should now be looking to kick on. It's about taking every single game as it comes, really. So what were your ambitions going into this season? I looked at us from last season, which was obviously our first year in, in the Western League. The first year in the Western League, um, I think, since 1994, I thought last season, I always think back to the Ilfragum game. We went to Ilfragum on a Tuesday night, which is obviously quite a long, long kind of trek. And it was February. And at that point, we were ninth, 10th. And we then went on a run, able, able to finish fourth, which was great. But we didn't really challenge. The aim at the start of the season was to improve upon that and to challenge and I think you know we are very much on track to improve upon that position of you know as much as fourth was good we didn't challenge at all and it was a it, it kind of took a late surge whereas we are a, we are now a competitive outfit in every game because we've seen clubs like Plymouth Parkway and Tavistock and Exmouth you know do well uh, mm. in their first seasons in the Southern League I mean do you look at that and think, well, actually, if we had the opportunity to go up, then we could, you know, we could compete with the likes of them? For me, Ian, it's about, you know, uh, not looking too far in front of ourselves. You know, um, as I said a minute ago, I don't think in this league you can look at any game and go, OK, we, this, is, this is against a team of 18, for example. You know, if you don't turn up in this league, you come unstuck. Um, but... Ultimately, if you look at your Parkways and your and your Tavies and your Exmouth as well, shows that you know the top end of our league would be able to compete, and you know it shows again the strength of our league really. So, if you do look at the top of the Premier Division, um, which teams do you expect to be fighting it out for those promotion places come the end of the season? So, again, it's. You're looking at, at your Malzos, Bridges, your Sheptons. You know they they for me are the uh, teams. For me, um, Malzo play such a such a, an attractive style that if Malzo turn up, it, it would take some team to stop them. So I'm quite pleased that we've managed to get our two fixtures against Malzo out of the way. Really, it was on as even on both occasions, wasn't it? So I mean that is a feather in your cap. Um, exactly, you know, I felt away to Malzo, Saltash were fortunate to get a point really, but obviously um, we can't moan too much as as our boys have um, scored a few few injury time to win games and stuff, but when we played Malzo at home, it, they equalised with what was very much the last kick of the game really, which was probably the only time in which it's happened to us all season really that. Well, there's there's something to be said for a bit of Lewis time um, goals, I'm <laughs> yeah. sure. 
Um, now, if you don't get up this season uh, and you're in the new Project Southwest setup next season, what, what's that likely to mean for you? How do you view the possible the merger with the with the Southwest Peninsula League? For me, I've played in a lot of clubs who have achieved things and opted not to go up at times. And I do understand that, you know, the merger um, is needed, you know, for a lot of the clubs up around Avon Way, etc. It is a lot of travelling. I get that. In terms of us, it would just mean, obviously, to play against other teams and teams who I know are strong and teams that would offer us another challenge. If we look at your side, you've talked a lot actually about how you've developed from what was your first season in the Western League last season. Um, but it does fi- it does feel to me that there is a, a, a real steal about you this season. If your season tanks after this interview, then I guess you'll know who to blame. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. you're obviously a new name to the podcast. What sort of changes have been going on at Saltash? Because I know you've added a few on the playing staff and on the coaching side as well. Um, exactly, and yeah. So I felt um, last season as a collective, we learned a lot. You know, it's about being consistent. It doesn't matter if you're against a team who are top or the team who ratings. Every game you need to turn up. And I think what we kind of learn is that um, ability to kind of learn to close a game out and not always not always having to go to score another goal just that ability just to um, in a way just to be slightly slightly more streetwise from a managerial aspect obviously adding Shane um, Shane's probably one of the only players who I've played against in my time who matched or even topped my hunger to win a game of football and um, I've had um, a fair few spells at Saltash and uh, first started in 2006. I was 21 then, I think. Um, and in my time there, um, here, sorry, um, often we've been criticised for being good, but maybe when the chips are down, maybe a little bit weak, a bit meek, maybe. And, you know, what Shane has offered us is just that bit of steel. And, you know, and I think it's evident in the games, um, as an example, Street, you know, to be losing 2-1, to look as flat as what as what we actually were for that first 20 minutes of the second half, to then to be able to find something in us to go and win the game. Yes, I, well, I, when I saw the news that Shane Crack was returning to the to the Western League, I was um, highly delighted after his yeah. um, incredible performance in the Plymouth Parkway documentary. But um, um, <laughs> no, he's, uh, he's a movie star now. He's a movie star after that, I think. Yes, very much so. But of course, um, yeah, he's because uh, one, one of the things that was great about that was that his personality came across. And I think that for people, particularly people in um, you know in 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 Devon and Cornwall, will be familiar mm. with the you know will be familiar with these characters. Um, but one of the great things about you know the YouTube coverage that we're seeing now, a lot of the social media coverage that we're seeing now, mm. is that across a Western League that you know that goes from Mousel you know to Midsummer Norton. You know, we can learn about these characters and and find out about clubs in a way that we couldn't before. So, um, so it's a you know, it's a it, it's a great. I think it's a great sort of tapestry that we're now that we're now looking at Western League football on, and and you know, and that's one of the that's one of the reasons I love doing the podcast, of course. But anyway, we're yeah. not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about you, and um, which we are going to do in a minute. You've got Welton Rovers up next, and they'll be looking for revenge won't, after you beat them at their place. 
Um, yes, yeah, so we were away to Welton two weeks weeks ago, and again, um, was a t- tough game. They hit the crossbar twice in the first half. It was quite an even. It, it was quite an even match, um, and again, it's very very important that we look for that consistency. Really, again, it's making making sure that we're as clinical and just try to put teams to bed. Really, because in this league. As we as we found out last season, um, you know, if you are slightly under 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 it and not not performing to where where you should be, you can certainly look to come and stuck against anyone really. Well, only a couple of days after that, you place um, Mausel in the cup, and of course, we've just been talking about what a, what a good side mm. they are. Fantastic it, team, yeah. Fantastic team, but that's going to be a draining week for you, isn't it? Because you know, then only a few days later, you've got to go to Sherborne. Um, yep. in the league and I mean that although you've had some titanic tussles with Mausel in the league this season I mean I'm sure the cup game will be an absolute feast for the fans I'm sure you and the players are looking forward to it but you know it's going to take it out of you isn't it um, it will and we have certainly um, felt the impact of injuries over the last month as an example on the weekend we went into the street game missing up to six players I think it was. I know we have got a couple to return to return in the week, but again, it's yeah, it's it has certainly felt a tough month. It has certainly felt a tough slog. However, I do think that we we are looking to have two two or three fit again within the next week. But again, against against teams of that quality, and in if it's in the league or in or in the or in the cup, so Ash will be looking to win every game. Now, finally, we're going to finish um, with a question about you, and um, because it's your first time on the Tool Station with yeah. podcast, yeah. so can yeah. you tell the listeners a little bit about your journey to the Saltash dugout? I started off at Plimstock uh, in. I'm going to sound old. Old, old now. I, I had my first. Not as old as me, men's... mate. I wouldn't worry about that. <laughs> I, I had my first season in men's football in two, 2001. Played for Plimstock. Went to Taunton. Dawlish, which was in the Western League then, way back when, probably about 2004. I think, in fact, it was Taunton. In my first year at Taunton, it was the year they'd left the Western League. Uh, went up. Then went to went to the Ashes originally in 2006, which which I alluded to earlier on. I've left to go to other teams, Parkway as an example, and yeah, and I've I've always felt Sawash is my kind of um, home, and um, came in as the assistant uh, last year uh, when Matty Cusack left in, and on this was. Covid times now, Kuzi went to Parkway, and yeah, and obviously the job came up in the summer. I've got an awful lot on in terms of teaching. I'm a teacher. I've got two two children, a family, but the offer or the chance to manage my my own kind of club was a bit too a bit too uh, tempting, really. And I'm yeah, and I'm enjoying it. And my thanks to Danny for his time. Uh, now we move on to the game that I was at, Tom, but unfortunately I was enjoying the hospitality of Sherbourne so much that I managed to miss most of the action. So can you fill me in on this five-goal thriller? Absolutely, yeah. It, was a, it followed a similar pattern to the, the Saltash game, in fairness, and it was another uh, yeah, another 3-2 victory, this time coming for the away side. Uh, Ashton and Backwell uh, sneaking all three points, a 3-2 win, as I say, for them. Uh, and it was uh, Ashton, yeah, uh, just like Saltash making a, 
making a dream start, going ahead uh, within a minute of the game, uh, within a minute of kick uh, kickoff. This one, in fact, Joe Banks putting them ahead, uh, but it was then, um, yeah, then starts Sherborne who, yeah, had a bit of a up and down start since uh, obviously gaining promotion last year, but they, yeah, they hit back. Alex Murphy making it one apiece, uh, and then the same man scoring again, uh, 13 minutes from time, putting the Zebras 2-1 up. So it looked like looked like they'd um, yeah done enough to potentially gain victory, uh, but it wasn't to be. Ash, uh, Ashton coming back into it, uh, taking advantage of an extra man. In fact, there was a, a red card to the home side, and it was Will Solari uh, on hand to, to draw them level five minutes from time. And then it was Miles Hardage, deep in stoppage time, uh, completing the turnaround and denying Sherbourne uh, anything at all. So a real good... Real good performance from Ashton and Backwell, who came away with a three-ticket tree. Yeah, they certainly did. Um, they did really well on the day. I, I expected, um, you know, well, actually, I expected both sides to be competitive because I think this was a side, this was a tie that both sides felt that they could win. And when I was speaking to their respective chairman, um, that was certainly, you know, their attitude towards it. So we shouldn't be surprised that from the first minute to the final minute, this really was a, a blood and thunder uh, affair. Um, uh, I think we have to give a special mention to Alex Murphy, who I know you called out Sam Hughes in the previous report, and rightly so, because that is a truly outstanding effort. Not quite so um, outstanding, but he's on the way there. Alex Murphy and the goals he scored brought up his 50 for um, for Sherbourne, so I'll give him a him an honourable mention. They're mentioned in dispatches, I think we'll mm-hmm. we'll refer to that. I'll let you in on a, on a little bit of the dark arts of the Tool Station Western League on the social media front. Of course, one of the jobs that um, James Healy has, who's our social media manager, is he, ups to, he updates the app. And um, with the scores that get texted in by the clubs at full time. And um, uh, James and I was both at the game uh, at Sherbourne Town on, on Saturday. And um, I did say to him towards the end, should we, should we make our, should we beat the rush to the bar? make our way round. I was going to get him nice and settled on a table so he could do all of the updating and uh, and uh, and I was going to get us a drink in. And, of course, we, we got in there literally at what I thought to be a couple of minutes before full time. And um, I toddled out because I just thought, well, I'll see the final action. Of course, when I came back in again, um, I'd managed to miss the last goal. So, actually, there's me telling James that it was a uh, two-all draw when actually... Yes, the supporters came in and informed us that, of course, I'd missed the the final goal of the game, along with all of the other goals, pretty much. Well, at least we avoided a catastrophe on the app. But um, there we go. That's um, that's how that happens. And he, he does that all sort of he can do it all remotely. It's all great stuff. And of course, it all goes up within minutes of the of the final whistles. Anyway, it's complete. We don't need to worry about any of that. We do need to move on to uh, Welton Rovers against Torpoint Athletic. Uh, six goal thriller here. Tell us about this one, Tom. Absolutely, yeah. There was, um, yeah. Well, this was a, a pretty, bit of a theme. There was plenty of goals up and down the division, really, and it was uh, Welton, a four-two win uh, for them over Torpoint. Real, real decent effort from them. A couple of tough results of, um, yeah, over the last couple of weeks. So to, to respond well uh, with a big home win would, would have been great news for them. And they, uh, yeah, they did actually fall behind uh, within the opening couple of minutes here, but they did, yeah, as I say, even even more so, showing great resolve to, to come back into it. Uh, led 2-1 early in the second half thanks to a penalty from Lewis Ross, and then there was a, a pretty a pretty decent backheel finish from Cam Allen, uh, putting them putting them ahead. Uh, the tour point, to be fair, coming back into it again, uh, deflected set piece, leveling leveling affairs, but it was uh, it was the Green Army who pushed on, and uh, yeah, surged surged to victory. It was uh, Archie Morris making it 3-2, uh, 
uh, before then a, a debut goal for the club uh, in stoppage time from Owen Pundersley, uh making it 4-2 and that's how it stayed so a good win for, for Welton and an honourable mention I think for uh, their standing goalkeeper for the day none other than manager Tom Smith following in well his illustrious footsteps I remember watching him play away at Cheddar um, when there was a um, uh, a, a horrendous in- injury which involved an ambulance to the um, to the to the then uh, goalkeeper Welton goalkeeper Andy King uh, and 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 indeed actually not the only Welton manager um, to have played in goal because I can also remember an occasion I think it was in a cup competition when uh, Nick Beaverstock a former Welton manager of some repute um, um, also donned the gloves so it needs must uh, yes an honourable mention there. To Tom Smith, of course, a great supporter of the podcast. Uh, well done, Tom, and I'm sure he'd have been celebrating um, all three points there. If you're thinking Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest, and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. Now, we'll move on to matters of the First Division and we'll kick things off with a game between Brislington and Gillingham. Now, of course, Tom... We've reflected on the fact that for, for well, Gillingham, the, these two sides have spent pretty much the entire season at opposite ends of the table. <laughs> and as much as we enjoy talking about Gillingham's renaissance, I think anybody looking at this game uh, at the weekend would have thought it was ev- it, it could only be a home win. But they would have been wrong. The, uh, the Gillingham Express train shows no signs of uh, slowing down, does it? And, um, and another amazing result, really. 1-0 uh, away at Brislington, who's yeah, been, as you say, towards the top uh, upper echelons for much of the season. Uh, Gillingham, obviously, not to be, but uh, that, might be, that might be changing soon. This is four on the spin. They are showing some um, incredible form, aren't they? Uh, it was, yeah, it was a pretty close contest, to be fair. So it was only 1-0. It wasn't uh, like they're... Their recent victories that have all come in in high-scoring affairs, uh, so showing it, showing that they can do it in a couple of different styles, maybe. Uh, Jack Mayles, 76th minute, uh, putting them ahead, and uh, yeah, they managed to hold on. Uh, obviously, as we say, Brisbaneton uh, up in the top three, four for for much of the season, but um, uh, yeah, uh, undone uh, on Saturday by the uh, unstoppable Gillingham. Last week we had Liam Greening on the podcast, the manager of Shirehampton. Normally that. Um comes with something of a curse, particularly in the Halloween month, uh, but not so uh, on this occasion. If anything, I'm sure that it inspired his side to victory at the Theatre of Cheese. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was all sorts going on in this one. Uh, you'd, have, you'd have enjoyed it. I think it was uh, Shirehampton who uh, did eventually run out 4-1 victors, but they were trailing at the break. Uh, Cheddar going ahead five minutes before half-time with one of the pod favourites, Morgan Bacon, putting them in front. Uh, but it was, uh, yeah, very much uh, a, a second-half uh, that belonged exclusively to, to um, Scott Bamford, really. Uh, the Shirehampton forward scoring a hat-trick. Uh, it was him who uh, levelled affairs pretty early in the second half with Jay Spicer then making it 2-1. Uh, 15 minutes from time, uh, putting the away side big head for the first time. Uh, but then it was, uh, yeah, very much Bamford who, who kept the ball rolling in the final 15 minutes, scoring twice, uh, completing his hat-trick in stoppage time. So, uh, yeah, fantastic comeback from Shirehampton at Cheddar. Not so much Scott Bamford, more Patrick Bamford. 
Maybe, maybe. There we go. Well, um, if that was a great success for the podcast, then the next game is perhaps a monumental failure. It wasn't that long ago that we had Stu Jones on from Hallen, and, of course, his side, well, they really did have a Halloween horror show at home to Odd Down. They did. Uh, no, Yeah, no two words about it, really. A 6-0 defeat at home. Uh, tough one to take, I'd imagine. Uh, Odd Down, yeah, um, pretty much strolling to victory in this one. Uh, Luke Bryan, uh, he scored uh, a couple, I think, on, on yeah, uh, scored in the first half, uh, making it 2-0 after, I think it was an early own goal as well. So, uh, tough tough start to the game, and then uh, Bryan adding a second. Uh, but Jack Neal was then dismissed for the away side, so it gave, gave uh, Hallen a glimmer of hope, but that wasn't, yeah, didn't didn't come to fruition. Uh, and uh, it was suddenly four goals to nil, pretty much, with a uh, quick-fire double from Rafi War. Uh, I think he was uh, given the, the man the match award. Uh, and then, yeah, to be fair, the, the 10 men continue to, to impress, really. Uh, Brian scoring again, obviously, as, as he does. So, uh, yeah, he made it 5-0. Uh, then it was Cam New in stoppage time, making it 6-0. So, uh, yeah, real real good uh, away result for the, the Bath side. It was a really good away result. And uh, that was all the excuse I needed to get back in touch with Jason Maggs, uh, the odd down manager. Uh, it was, uh, well, a fantastic win. And I guess he must have been overjoyed with that performance. I, I was indeed, yeah. We've um, we had a couple of good results last two games. Um, prior to that, we got a bit of a, a tank in down at Brixham in the FA Vars. So it was uh, good to get back to winning ways. Was it one of those games where everything you hit went in? Yes, I, I suppose you could say that, Ian, yeah. I think um, we took our chances and, yeah, every chance sort of uh, fell nicely to us and uh, went in the back of the net. So... Uh, yeah, I'm very pleased with it overall. Your run of form hasn't been um, bad in the last couple of games, as you have you just said, but you did have a difficult start to the month, didn't you? Is there a reason for that? We had a few players missing, which um, I know you can't always uh, blame that on the thing, but we did have some key players missing. Um, we have brought a few lads here. We had a young lad, 18-year-old, come in from the development in goal and done very well. Um, we had a couple of other lads from the development which have uh, stepped up and come into the squad. So, yeah, it's good from that point. But obviously, yeah, we weren't really at full strength. And I said some of the results did uh, did show that and we got beat. Now, you've played Nailsy and Tickenham. Uh, you've um, played Brislington. Um, so you've, you've come up against some of the stronger sides in the, uh, the first division. I mean, what did you make of them? Well, to be honest, we played Wells as well. So um, we've, uh, we was unlucky down Wells. We lost 2-1. Um, Nelsie and Tickenham, we lost 1-0. Um, after the game, we had a lot of uh, good comments from their camps and we're probably one of the better sides that's actually gone down there. But uh, we still lost 1-0. So Brisington are the only ones who give us a bit of a hiding. And um, that's one game we've got to try and get something back when we play them over there. You, you you may well have that in your mind after the weekend because of course you 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 were held to a draw at your place by Hallen, um, but that didn't stop you routing them at, at there. So I guess um, Brislington, who lost of course at the weekend, um, that can't hold any fear for you. Well, to be honest, like I said we've um, we've played basically everyone in the, the top six. Oldland, who were on a were on a fantastic run, we drew with O's over at their place. Um, we've got them coming up in a few weeks' time as well. So, you know, I, we ain't far away, Ian. Um, 
our aim at the start of the season was to get in the top six. And um, if you look at the league tables, I think I think we're four points away from sixth, and I think nine off a of fifth. So um, we're we're not far away. And like I said, we've got some key players coming back. The squad is near enough; you know, it's full strength, and you, that's what you need um, coming up to the, the busy time of the year, which is sort of uh, the Christmas period. Now it's interesting you talk about your ambitions for the start of the season because. Certainly from um, everything that we've, we've been discussing on the podcast this season, a top four finish this season would be enough um, to get into the mix-up for the new Step 5 division that, that, will, that will be generated as part of, the, of, of Project Southwest. And obviously we're looking at two Step 5s, one across Devon and Cornwall, one across um, sort of Somerset, Bristol... Uh, area is that something that you would like to be involved in the race for or if you finished sixth and that was enough to get you up would you be interested in promotion this season um i think yeah we've sat down with the the committee and um obviously this was sort of outlined this at the start of the season like sixth was going to be sort of our our aim and obviously with the league splitting like you said next season you know, everybody's ambition is to be in the Premier League. Um, yes, obviously, um, it'll be highlighted. We had to take the, the step down because of the, the travelling over this season and last season. So, um, but as a club, we're, we're getting back on the right road. Um, the, the gates are starting to pick up a little bit. Um, so, you know, it, it, it will be all down to the committee at the end of the day because um, that's, that's who uh, runs the club. But as a footballing point, from my view, and the players, you know, you, you've got to play as high as you can. And I think if we can get into that Premier, then let's, let's go for it. Now, I remember from our conversation last season that obviously the decision to take voluntary relegation was, you know, wasn't an easy one for the football club. There were reasons you made it at the time, which we... You know, we did discuss last season, but since that conversation, Brislington have taken voluntary relegation, and last week, Bitten resigned from the league. So, you know, with both of those things in mind, you you were you were criticised last season. Have you got a message for those critics now? Well, like I said, I knew, I knew there's quite a been um, on the Twitter. There's been a lot of uh, sort of comments made about taking the easy route down, but financially for the club at the time it was something they had to do because the travelling which was going to be coming in and obviously you know it yourself to go down to Devon maybe nine, ten times a season was just something the club couldn't afford. Um, this year we've had two FA Vars trips but that was two coach trips which have cost the club nearly £1,500 in money which they've had to find which, you know, fantastic they've done it. We've had to supporters come down, help pay for the coach and we had a bit of funding, which we got to help fund it as well. But to do that for 10 games of a season, for us, it was just a, a no-go. So, yeah, I, I, you know, looking back, yeah, probably would like to, you know, have a little chuckle to myself, cause the, the people who um, put the daters against us for dropping down the division. Because it wasn't, you know, this isn't just an odd-down problem, is it? It's obviously a problem that other other clubs have faced as well. Well, and, and to be honest, yeah, you, you look at the travelling, what's in Teld, and, you know, players nowadays, they, 
you know, they've all got jobs. Um, you know, you're, you're going down the other side, well, basically to nearly land's end at some point where, you know, you're going to be leaving at eight in the morning and probably not getting home till 11 at night. Um, you know, for some lads who are only on small expenses, it's a lot, lot to take in for, you know, a journey of just to play football. And it's a shame it went like that, but, you know, I'm hoping, you know, the good is coming from it and they're, they've had a look at it and now they're going to revert back to a north and south division, which I think would be ideal. When you're talking to players about coming to play for Odd Down, is the fact that, you know, really the travel distances are limited to sort of, you know, two hours maximum, maybe an hour and a half, um, is that a you know is that a plus point for them? Are you seeing players who you know could play at a higher level choosing not to because they would prefer to play in a league that is more consistent, perhaps with their you know with their personal lives? I think so, Ian. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, there is some players, in, and like I said, we've we've come up against teams this year, and you know I've seen players who I've I've been in the football scene quite a few years now, and I've seen players who have played definitely higher and who are obviously dropped down to our level at the moment. And like you said, maybe it is for personal reasons. Um, it's probably made the league stronger, definitely. But, you know, ambition-wise, yeah, you surely you want the best players playing in the highest leagues. But when it comes to the travelling, which, you know, the Premier is at the moment, I can actually understand why certain players are taking the step down. Now let's get back to talking about the football. You've got a run of three home games coming up at the Lou Hill Memorial Ground, starting with Longwell Green on Saturday. And I guess if there was any point in beating Hallen so convincingly at the weekend, you've got to back it up with a good performance against Longwell Green. Definitely, yeah. We've um, we've sort of highlighted. I know it's the old cliche where you've got to take game per game, which is what we're doing, but. Yes, we've got a look now, and we're we're on a bit of a roll. So we hopefully um, we owe Longwell Green one because um, we drew over their place with a last minute goal they scored. So um, you know, hopefully there's confidence in the camp at the moment, and yeah, three points is uh, what we're looking for Saturday. And then it's Oldland, of course. Um, and they started the season so well and of course the funny thing is that if there's a potential for anybody reeling in that fourth place side they're going to need to drop points so that could be a really interesting game for you and the rest of the league yeah definitely and like I said we, we weren't far away at the start of the season we were you know like I said we, we drew with Oldland over there and you know I know it's my own point of view but I think we were unlucky to come away with a point I think we should have uh, got three points that day but we didn't. Uh, we took the positives out of it. So um, yeah, we're we're you know, relishing them coming over to our place. Um, we had a couple of players who transferred to Oldland from us, so there's always that little bit of a incentive as well to try and get one over an ex-player. So um, yeah, let's uh, let's bring it on when they come over to us. Now, one of the things you talked about in this interview was the fact that you know you've started to try and grow. You've started to grow your crowds. I've been talking a lot on this week's podcast about. Uh, the fantastic reception that the Western League have had across um, the clubs that have participated in our Mind um, Bucket Collections, the the partnership that we're doing with the Mental Health Charity. And really, you know, there's no better example than 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 the, the fact that your football club pulled out all the stops. You know, you, you you had a fantastic raffle. It was a fantastic day. Dare I say it? Um, Jason, it was a carnival atmosphere. Certainly, 
after the game in the clubhouse it was absolutely it was absolutely fantastic i guess you winning on the pitch and that incredible atmosphere that you have in your social club it's a heady brew isn't it i i really don't understand why more people don't come and watch your incredible football club are you, are you still at a loss myself ian um you said there's the the area around where we are you know there, there's icing estates being built here there and everywhere around the ground but it's been like it for many years you know in you get the, the, the hardcore people who still watch us, but trying to get a few more into the gate is what we're trying to do. And, um, yeah, I, I, I can't put my finger on it and why we can't get more, but, you know, we can only try. Like I said, the social side are um, uh, a different breed altogether. You know, some come up just for the social kind of atmosphere, but we want to try and transfer those into watching the football on a Saturday as well. So we're trying to work together trying to get the club together so hopefully it all goes in the, the right direction and my thanks to jason for his time now moving on to hengrove athletic their results have been very interesting of late they came up against nowsy and tickenham i must confess tom that i thought this game could go either way but the the, the final score was slightly more emphatic than that yeah absolutely i mean yeah i think this is a decent game this obviously nailsy uh, showing they can yeah, pretty much score against anyone at the moment, aren't they? So a 6-2 win for them away at Hengrove um, has helped move them yeah, close to the top of the table. Wales not in action on the weekend, uh, but uh, yeah, big away win at Hengrove has helped them, helped them do that. And it was a, yeah, really was a rip-roaring start to this game. Five goals inside the opening 20-odd minutes. So uh, yeah, both sides uh, really had it from the off. Uh, a pretty, pretty, pretty decent header uh, putting the hosts in front from Dan Cook, uh, putting, as I say, putting Hengrove in front. Uh, before Dylan Gould made it one apiece after just seven minutes, so as I say, both teams flying out the blocks in this one. Uh, it was then Callum Dunn. Uh, he was he was uh, given given the uh, the star man on this occasion. He scored twice pretty quickly after after one another to make it three one. Uh, before Hengrove then hit back again, uh, a long range effort from Jack Jones. So as I say, that was that was uh, a three two uh, nailsy lead at the point uh, after about twenty odd minutes. So uh, yeah, didn't know which way this one was going to go, uh, but it was the away side who. We pushed on uh, over the, the yeah, so the pretty much dominated the final 20 minutes or so to, to run away of it. Uh, it was uh, done completing his hat-trick to make it 4-1, uh, and then a couple of late goals as well from Luke Osgood and Jack Thorne. Uh, so, uh, yeah, a decent away win uh, for Nailsy, and, uh, yeah, they continue their ascendancy up the division. And finally, an honourable mention for Wincanton Town against Radstock Town. I honestly thought this was looking like Radstock's first win of the season, and to do that... Uh, admittedly, Wincanton aren't playing at their home, but you know this was a uh, uh, certainly an away game um, for Radstock. And ironically, with Wincanton playing at Gillingham, it would have actually been on my drive home from Sherborne. I very nearly fancied dropping in to the clubhouse to see um, how the Red Radstock boys would have been celebrating. But um, despite their best efforts, the miners are still waiting for that first win of the season. Tom. Yeah, it feels like they've had quite a few. Uh, well, of recent time, a couple of leads going into the final sort of quarter of games and being denied at the denied in the final few minutes. And unfortunately for them, that was the the case again on the weekend. Uh, Harrison Newman uh, putting them ahead in the first half, uh, but it was then Louis Owen uh, capitalising on a uh, yeah a, a late chance uh, to make it one apiece. So the Wasps managed to come back into it 15 minutes from time. So it was uh, yeah finished when Canton won, Bradstock won. Now we will look ahead to fireworks night. Remember, remember, um, Saturday the 5th of November, 
Gunpowder, treason and plot. Let's hope not. Tom, what are your picks? Uh, what's your pick in the Premier Division? There's plenty of fireworks down at Homer's Heath. Uh, Blackland taking on Shepton, fifth versus fourth. Uh, I think this is probably the, the pick of the ties. Mallet maybe not as in uh, decent form as they were uh, maybe a month or two ago, but uh, I think they can still go down there with a pretty pretty decent squad, can't they? Uh, taking on a Buckland side who are yeah a good good side at home, so I think that should be a, a good good tussle. Well, I agree with you. Um, Mallet still riding high fourth in mm-hmm. the uh, the table. They've still got four games in hand over yeah. um, Bridgewater and Saltash, and they're the game that I'm going to be heading to on. Uh, Tuesday, the first of November. Now, there's there's very little chance that you'll be listening to this um, before then. But just know that Shepton Mallet is my next stop on our Somerset Mind Bucket Collection tour. They'll be taking on um, Wellington in that midweek game. So I'm really looking forward to what will be my first ever visit um, to uh, to Shepton Mallet. Really, am looking forward um, to that. I've seen them away a fair few times. Um, but never, ever watch them at home. So I'm really looking forward um, to that. Um, my tr- uh, my pick of the games on Saturday, the 5th of November, will be at Wellington. Wellington take on Canesham Town. I like the look of this game, Tom, because I think, again, like the game I went to last weekend, um, Sherboard against Ashton, I think Wellington and Canesham will think that they can take all three points from this game. And I think if Sherbourne against Ashton and Batwell proves anything, it's that, you know, in those ties, not only are they close, not only are they competitive, but they're competitive from the first minute to the very last minute. So I think that would be a really great spectacle. Of course, the other reason for me plugging that game is because that's going to be the next game that I'm going to on my um, mind tour. Yes, so having um, tried to fleece as much money as possible out of Wellington at Shepton Mallet, I'm then going to go to their own ground and see if I can get a bit more. And um, poor old Canesham, of course, who hosted us brilliantly um, last season when we were supporting Bath Mind. Um, I'm going to see if I can get a few more quid out of them as well. But it's all for a good cause, listeners. Mm-hmm. And um, any supporters who are there, please look out for me. It's always lovely to speak to people who support um, Tall Station Western League football and, of course, people who listen to the podcast. You've all been very complimentary. Please keep that up because um, my ego is very fragile. But um, it is, it's lovely to it's lovely to meet you at these games. So thank you very much um, for your support. Now we'll look into the first division tom and where are you gonna um where's your pick for this weekend gone for warminster against oldland uh, i think yeah hosts are in pretty pretty decent nick recently and taking on an oldland side up in up in fourth so i think this is probably out of the the games i uh had a, had a, had a quick look at for saturday i think this was the one that, that caught my eye first i think almondsbury i want i had them as um early season sort of dark horses. I, I did think, um, I thought they were going to do really rather well. I'm a big fan of their manager, uh, Joe White. And um, uh, yeah, they, but their form is, as it has, it has come off a bit of a cliff. Radstock, see, Almondsbury travel to um, Southwards Recreation Ground. Radstock, who have been getting so close to that first win of the season, can they get it? They are adrift at the bottom of the first division. I've got a feeling this could be it. I might be wrong, and I'm sure for Almondsbury fans' sake, uh, I hope I am. But I, I think that this could be could be the day. Almondsbury, of course, brought a great deal of publicity to the Tool Station Western League 
um, at the weekend because none other than Tony Incenzo, the godfather of non-league football, visited their ground for a game at the weekend, um, which was absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Great to see Tony giving Almondsbury and, of course, you know, any side in the, uh, the Tool Station Western League um, the publicity that his platform affords. So that's absolutely mar- uh, marvellous. But, um, yeah, I will have, as I all, as I normally do at the weekend, one eye on Radstock Town against Almondsbury. Now, we did do the league tables uh, last weekend. And um, just to spice things up a little bit, we'll have a look at the goal scorers, Tom. So do you want to take us through the top of the pops in mm-hmm. the first uh, in the Premier Division? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, starting in the starting in the prem, as you say. Yeah, starting in the prem, uh, we've got one chap uh, a little bit out in front at the moment. It's Jacob Brown of Bridgewater. Uh, he's got 15, 15 league goals to date. Uh, then we've got Harry Foster of Street, uh, who's up in up in second. He's got twelve, including the, the couple he got on the weekend. Uh, and then a couple of chaps on ten as well. So we've got Harry Stevens of Ilfracoon. Uh, he's having a really good season. Uh, Josh Weber of Buckland on 10. And then Curtis Damarell and Freddie King of Torpoint and Cleveland, uh, uh, respectively, who are on 8. So that's in uh, in the Prem. does help to be called Harry, doesn't it? Sounds like um, it, yeah. I think that's the name, yeah. to, name to have in the Prem. Imagine how many Harry Kane would get. Mm-hmm. But anyway, not as many as Harry Foster, I'm sure. Definitely right. Um, in the first division, Tom, who are our hot shots there? No Harrys in, in the first Uh so we've got Sasha Tong leading the way, uh, him of FC Bristol. Uh, he has 19 league goals already this year, so some going for, for Sasha. Uh, we then got Luke Bryan of Odd Down, obviously last uh, last year's uh, leading marksman, so he's chasing that crown again. He's got 17 uh, for the Bath side. Uh, Jack Fawn of Nailsey and Tickenham has 16, uh, and his teammate Joe Berry, in fact, has 14 as well. Most of us sandwiching Adam Wright of uh, Wales, who's having another stellar season. He's got 15 league goals. So that's the, the top five in the first division. Excellent stuff, Tom. Thank you so much for that. Now, we have, of course, been reviewing your excellent bulletin for those people who are still... Hard of hearing. Uh, yeah, right, yeah, well, and, and yet to find it. Because I, I would like to think, you know, that there are people who are listening to the podcast for the first yeah. time you know that's one of the benefits of when we cover these new sides oh, yeah. that join now i mean i appreciate actually this week odd down and and saltash of course will know us but there might be fans of those sides who found us for the first time so can you tell them where they might find your excellent bulletin absolutely yeah so that is on the uh, tour station league uh, official website um there's if you go about halfway down the whole home page if you scroll down uh, it will then take you to uh, yeah uh, the, the section where you can click on that and find uh, find all of the bulletins. In fact, but obviously the most recent one is is front and centre, so that will um, yeah be downloadable in in um, Word and PDF format. So that's there every week. It certainly is. It keeps you busy. These mind bucket collections keep me busy. I'll have two to tell you about when we speak on next week's Tool Station Western League podcast.